Hi guys, I'm Dominic Bowes and uh, this is Dragonheart. Well, welcome to Dragonheart, everyone. I am joined by Mark, Bill, and the singing commentator himself, Neil Williams. <laughs> hey. How are you guys? Not too bad. I'm just glad that there is no pregnant sow stopping Neil from joining us. That's all I can say. <laughs> no, another no week's time at the moment, so I'm all right tonight. <laughs> we should point out, if you didn't hear this last week, that Neil's debut on Dragon Hearts was postponed by a pig preg a porcine pregnancy. But no, it was a true pregnancy, it was a, and it was an actual giving birth as well. So, oh, well. But it wasn't just one; it was two. All right, a, a double porcine pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, a spare uh, rib, if you will. Mm -hmm. Well, Neil's been making the sausages of the future. Um, <laughs> yes, there'll be some available next week, guys. I hope, I hope, I hope everyone's got over the Wembley heartache. We're going to be talking about that, unfortunately, in a second. We've got the Grimsby game to be looking forward to, and we have the end of season's awards and a few other little bits and bobs. So, without further ado, let's get into it. This is Dragon Heart. I'm Liam McClendon and this is Dragon Heart. Well, before we talk about the final, let's listen to what Phil Parkinson said about the match. Well, Phil, it wasn't to be your assessment of the uh, the game. Yeah, I felt we uh, some of our approach play was decent. We got some very good areas, uh, but we couldn't find that bit of quality today in the final third to, to unlock the door and, and get us in the lead or get us back in the game when we went one nil down. Um, there was no lack of effort, it was no lack of lads trying to implement how we've been playing and how we needed to play. Thought we switched the play, got the overloads in wide areas, but just that final cross, that final pass when we broke, just wasn't there today. That little bit of quality which we've shown all season, um, as everyone knows, that's what wins games of football. Um, so that, that's my assessment. And in terms of the players now, will it be a case of trying to lift them before obviously next Saturday or will that take care of itself? Um, well, I've just said to them uh, we've got to take this defeat on the chin, credit to, to Bromley for, for winning. But since day one of pre-season, the aim is to be get, get promotion and uh, we can't let this affect us. You know, we, we can't, it's no one's come to Wembley and not win a trophy. We've had an outstanding support today and you know, I feel for the supporters going back up the road and, and all our families and friends but equally we've got to get this disappointment out quickly and get on for a good week's training next week and go into the playoff semi next Saturday. With everything that went on you know and the build-up and all the, all the talk about whether the owners are going to come over for the game do you think that's affected or did you just solely concentrate on yeah, the game? No, no not at all. I don't think that affected it uh, as at all. You know, probably uh, if so, they've been working towards this game and resting players and getting everyone ready. Well, we, we've been on a, a promotion campaign, um, yeah, but that, that was nothing to, to do with it. You know, we just, like I said, we we, we just didn't produce the, the quality I know we can produce whether it really matter. Um, but, you know, we'll be ready for next week. Thanks, 
you really figure on why that might be? I mean, you've got the big stage, thousands of fans. Yeah. Is it just one of those days? or? Um, yeah, I think it's sometimes can be like a little bit anxiousness, so determined to, to, to win the game. Um, just a little bit hurried on our final decision. Um, and that's what it just felt like half time, set the lads, but we've got to get that extra passing when we're breaking and just find that bit of quality. I thought we started the second half well. Um, we had some good periods in the game, um, but yeah, football's about final third and um, the one moment of, of real quality was when the lads broke through and he squared the ball um, with a bit of calmness and Michael Cheeks won the game. You, you nicked it at the end? Um, well, a couple of things I thought. I can't believe the referee gave seven minutes. I mean, the fourth official on 83 minutes has said, oh, he's talking about eight. And then there was only about two minutes of that, two or three minutes of that final seven played, and, and then he reduced it to seven. I mean, we, our own list for time really it should have been at least ten minutes. You know, in the last 15, 20 minutes of the game, it was, it was the, the ball was hardly in play, so I'm not sure how he reduced it to seven. Um, but yeah, we've had some good chances. The keepers made a magnificent save, and then we've had goal disallowed. Jake Hyde, come on, and he went close. I love the ball in the back of the net as well. He actually. Um, did come close to that equaliser. Yeah, Jake's had a tough, tough time because he's had a bad injury and, and you know he hasn't. He has been training for a few weeks, but he's, he's ready to play his part in the playoffs. It's a case of lifting players now. Obviously, they're bound to be disappointed after that defeat, but there's still so much to play for. Yeah, exactly that. And I've just said to him in there that you know this hurts obviously more because of the, the support we had as well and. Um, but that's the nature of this, this this game. You know, you get knocked. You got to pick yourselves up quickly. And we've got so much to play for this season, starting next Saturday. And like I said, since day one, there's been a real focus. The FA Trophy was always a bonus for us. We know that, and uh, we need to be ready and focused on next week and uh, give everything we've got to, to get into the play final. Just all the support was around twenty thousand there. It made for a great atmosphere. Yeah, outstanding support we've had it all season. You, you gents followed us home and away. It's been magnificent, um, and yeah, I feel for the supporters because they've spent a lot of money, and, and we're not coming back with a trophy like we intended to. But it wasn't a lack of effort. I'm sure you of that. Um, but yeah, it'll be disappointing. But life as a supporter, like a player and a manager, can be tough. Uh, you, you have the highs and lows of following your team. Today's the low. We've got to make sure next Saturday's the high. Phil, you've said all along um, promotion is the obviously yeah. the uh, the one that we want this season. Uh, but how do you raise the players against uh, before a massive game next week? How do you do that? Um, now? Yeah, I mean I think we'll have to chat as a staff on the way back about the, the week ahead. Um, but listen, we're going to be playing from a full house at the race course, and the lads know the importance of that game. And like I said, it's getting that balance right between understanding the importance of it but make sure we've got a bit of calmness as well about our playing and that's the key um, which we've done all season you know, we've, we've scored top scorers in the league I think whether Stockport overtook that on the last day I'm not sure but you know, we've scored goals and today just the set play delivery wasn't quite there um, etc but it will be next week Might be a bit early to tell but any niggles ahead of uh, next weekend? Um, everybody seems fine um, Hopefully we'll have a couple more players available as well, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give them every chance to, to be fit for selection for next Saturday. Okay. Of the 
Well, the owners been to the dressing room after the match? Have they spoken to the players? Yeah, the owners came before the game and had a chat with the lads and come down with all the families afterwards. And you know, that's credit to them. People say that they've been great with, with the lads and, and themselves. And yeah, they're disappointed, but they're, bit, they're in there lifting the team and we'll be ready. We'll be ready for next week, I'll tell you that now. You know, it's. Uh, you know, I'm the coach home and it's going to be quiet, but once we get back in training this week, you know, the focus is going to be firmly on next Saturday. And uh, yeah, the owners, it's their first season, you know, full season of ownership, and uh, it's the nature of the industry. It doesn't all go your own way in football, uh, but the important game for us is next Saturday. I'm Luke Young, and this is Dragonheart. Wrexham have suffered yet another defeat at Wembley to what I'd say a good side who've got their tactics right. Um, but yeah, another hard one to take at Wembley. Mark, what are your thoughts a few days on? Um, I think that obviously it's disappointing, but when, when you look at it, Bromley got the game plan right, as you said. I thought Bromley did really well, but did they do more than us? Not particularly. I think Phil Parkinson's summary of the game was pretty fair. We, you know, we had a pretty decent game, but we didn't have enough quality to make enough clear-cut chances, which was unlike us. But these things happened. Bromley, I thought, early on looked a bit vulnerable because when we were hitting Mullen and Palmer early, we, they were isolating defenders. Mullen was beating players and we were opening them up and we were making chances, uh, at least half chances. And because of that, they pulled a bit deeper. And they defended quite deep and hit us on the break. And they're passing, uh, you know, through the, the thirds, you know, defenders or deep midfielders hitting the strikers was very good. And ultimately, they started making chances. Until they started making chances and Dibble had to start making saves, I felt, this is fine. We'll, you know, we'll get a goal. We'll sneak this. But once they started opening us up, yeah, I started feeling a little, a little concerned, to be honest. Well, there was a few quite easily, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, but there was a few shocks prior to the game, Neil. What was your thoughts on the starting eleven? To be honest, I didn't really understand why he'd reshuffled the pack and and brought in players that hadn't played for us for a while as a team. I thought, you know, if we're going to go for this FA Trophy final, stick with your main squad team and see where it goes from there, and then bring on maybe new additions during the game if things aren't going away or are things going your way. But I thought, personally, as a fan watching it, I thought Wrexham were quite negative in their play. Um, there was a lot of, yes, we do play a lot along the, the back, but um, we didn't seem to be going anywhere. We didn't take on players. Um, they'd always you know, take the easy option and pass it back to, to somebody in the back four. Um, yeah, as a fan watching for the first time rather than with you guys, I I was full of hope first half and I thought, yeah, but uh, we weren't creating very much at all. I mean, they were nullifying out Palmer and Mullin very easily. You know, those long balls over the top, Palmer won very, very few because of their, their huge, you know, defenders. So, on the whole, I, I was very disappointed with the display such with such a big, you know, Wrexham following there. I was disappointed for them. Um, and I thought, well, you know, with the lineup he had, did he have one eye on the, the semi final this weekend? Yeah, uh, that's exactly what I was thinking, Neil. Like, 
was he shuffling to try something different? Maybe if it went went well, maybe this is something we would have done against Grimsby. Bill, what was your thoughts when the starting eleven came on? Came up, sorry. Uh, uh, um, <clears throat> I could echo what Neil's saying. Really, it seemed seemed a strange selection. I mean, uh, McAlinden was the standout one for me, just because you put in a very left footed player on on as right wing back and. And uh, yeah, just just I, I think it shows that um, we're taking the playoffs a lot more seriously than we are the uh, the trophy, which you, you can sort of look at it in two ways. You can either say why get to the final and, and stop taking it seriously, or another maybe. And I, I'm pretty sure he did a, a, an interview today in the leader, sort of saying that he wanted to give Tom O'Connor a run out just in case he was needed for the playoffs. So it kind of makes you wonder if he's actually got. Tom O'Connor to start in mind and maybe he didn't want to drop any of the midfielders just yet to see sort of where he fits in. But I don't, I don't know, really. It was, it was a bit of a, a bit of a strange one before the game and 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 difficult match to watch in a, in a lot of ways from the stands anyway. How was it for, in the press box? Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we did talk, didn't we, last week about Wembley press box catering, I think. Yes, we did. Yeah, uh, the FA came through. Oh man, it was beautiful. Does everyone really <laughs> want to hear about the, is that? Is this Uncle Griff's bedtime story for this week? Me stopping us talking about losing at Wembley to talk about a bacon sandwich. Oh, sounds good to me. Uncle Griff's bedtime stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Neil's cleared his throat so he can hear it properly. No, 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 I've just had homemade Thai green curry, so I'm happy, mate. Oh, man, he's always going to out-trump <laughs> me on the food side. <laughs> Shocking. Again, Shocking. A, a customer brought him in this afternoon, and it's absolutely beautiful. Man, let's live in this, this bucolic Whitchurch uh, heaven <laughs> where everybody everybody goes around to the local shop with their produce, and, and I live is. in Wrexham where... Yeah, oh, I, had a bottle wine. You know, I had a bottle of wine today as well. Bottle of wine. Oh, nice bottle of wine. Wine. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Off a yeah. Well, your Thai curry may be nice, but Bill and I, Bill, Che and I, um, we had the food of the gods. I yeah. it was a bacon sandwich. I don't want to call it a bacon sandwich for a couple of reasons. One is I don't know if it was bacon, it was more like sort of wonder meat. It was. It, I don't. It was like like floppy gammon times seven in flavour. Ham hock. Yeah. Ham hock. You know, uh, don't call me that in public again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just go to my school when I was in school called ham hock. Yeah. Um, no, and it was amazing. It was in a brioche bun. Oh, it was just. I, I also. I don't want to call it a bacon sandwich because. I don't think you really should call it anything. I think any name just cheapens it. It was just, oh. It was it, good. And the cookies were, nice were amazing. Yeah, and there were cookies. I, I had sort of um, mid-level single digits of cookies, shall we say. I think it was well, four. Me, well, I usually wake up from big games like that with a bit of a hangover <laughs> if I'm not covering it. But I had a hangover from me all the food I ate and, and all the pop I drank. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I drown my sorrows on Sunday. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Football? 
Yeah, back to the football. Oh, back right. to the football. Anyway. Uncle Griff's bedtime stories. Mark, before the game, we it, well, it took everyone in the press box, or who's commentating anyway, mm. a long time to actually figure out the team, didn't it? Which you did in the end. Got the others a long time. I worked it out. <laughs> Don't you worry about it. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm really interested. I didn't see that subsequent interview with Phil Parkinson that, that Bill was referring to. Because I thought he's not shuffling, reshuffling. He's just not happy about Dagenham. I mean, Hall Johnson appears to be behind Susanna at the moment in a pecking order, and he has been a little erratic lately, Hall Johnson. So I thought he'd just decided, well, if Susanna's not fit, he fancies, I think, McElindon as a wing-back more than we do, and I'll throw him in. Um, And then in terms of O'Connor coming in for French... I think French is very unlucky, but O'Connor can play centre-back, and I, I, I think it's quite understandable that Parkinson's keen to use him because he's got a lot of quality, and if he can play a part in the playoffs, that'd be great. But if you're saying that he was genuinely sort of trying to get O'Connor up to speed, that is a slightly, you know, slightly unusual thing to do. The thing that bothered me about it was that I think he's right when he says that the way the game went we were still getting our overloads on the flanks like we want to I, I agree but they weren't as effective because Cluworth was on the wrong side and so he was coming forwards but not as confidently as he normally does because he'll go bombing past McFadgett wanting to go around the back of the fence himself he wasn't doing that on the right and O'Connor wasn't doing that on the left I'm not, not saying that as criticism of O'Connor it's the first time he's played at the back for us he's, he's still learning the system you know, I don't think he's super fast. So all of a sudden, it wasn't quite as dynamic the way that the players would rotate position out on the flanks. And it didn't work as well. Uh, you know, I think Kluwer got what into one crossing position and miss hit it and, and O'Connor only from set pieces. So I thought that. And then also, unfortunately, as Neil alluded to, McAlinden, if you play McAlinden as a wing back, it's because you want to get at them. Fair enough. Um, but actually, he didn't really run at people, did he? Paul Johnson looked a bit more likely to take someone on and beat them when he came on. So I feel sorry for McLinden, but he didn't really, he didn't give that extra edge going forwards of, of a winger, possibly, as Bill said, because he was on the wrong flank. Yeah, I understand, agree. So, it, but was that about getting McLinden some more game time as well? I, I don't know. It was, it was all a bit strange wasn't it I think the whole game was strange but I think for the most of the game I thought as you said Mark I'm looking back at it we played okay didn't we? we didn't play to our best potential did we but we played okay didn't we Bill it felt a lot like some of the earlier games in the season excuse me pre-Palmer where we just didn't quite get into that second or third gear <clears throat> sorry not not a choking on any Thai green curry or any <laughs> nice ham hock butties or anything here. Oh, he's very box, much Box standard tea for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, it was very strange. And I, I think, I, I mean, I, I, me and Che spoke about it and I said dominated to him and maybe dominated the wrong word. But I feel like we were in complete control of possession for the first 60 minutes. We just couldn't do anything in the final third. And credit to Bromley, really, that they were able to stop us from advancing any further. But... Um, yeah, just and and then 
just the, the patterns of play sort of broke down a little bit and Bromley started getting chances, didn't they, Neil? Yeah, Bromley, I thought their passing was a lot slicker than ours. You know, they had more yeah. adventurous with their passing and seemed to be able to pass through our midfield to their strikers. So, uh, yeah, I was a bit unnerved about that. And you could see Palmer was getting very frustrated with the, the service that he was getting up front. He was getting very, you know, he didn't have a chance against their strikers and the ball's coming to him. You know, he didn't... I can't remember winning the ball, really, that came above head height. Um, so, he had a diff- difficult task. But, you know, for me, why... Why mix it up? You know, the you know the, neither was you know twenty plus thousand fans making that trip down to London. You know, expecting us to come back with a trophy, um, and they've, they've spent a lot of money doing that. You know, the tickets and the travel, and a lot of people stayed down there. Um, and I would have played personally my strongest team, and I don't think that was his strongest team. You know, to try and bring that trophy and to bring some enjoyment to the fans and, and for their efforts for the, making the journey down there. You know, that's, for me, that's what it's all about. And then you look at your next game, the, the semi-final of the FA, um, of the, the league. So, um, I, I think Percy got it totally wrong. Well, I, 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 I agree, except that I, 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 there's still a bit of me thinks he, he felt that was the right team. He's got a week of recovery. That's, yeah, that's but they've not been played in that team. That's what's my, you know, they hadn't been part of that team. So, mm. I, I don't understand oh, yeah. his thinking. You know, yeah. you know, keep our defences we normally have. Have Hall Johnson on his normal wing and Clowith on his normal wing, with his, which mm. is their strongest positions, you know. French should have been on from the start and had us, you know, then, you know, if things are going wrong, then mix it up. Yeah. No, I agree. I, agree. I, 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 say, I, yeah, I, I the only thing is, I, I, I think he did think that was the team to win it, I think. Mm. Mistakenly, but I think he does. Yeah, oh, don't well, get me wrong. It was a great day out, but just yeah. the wrong result at the end of the day, you know. Yeah. Well, that's football, isn't it? You, you can't always beat everyone. I've always said this. Bromley were a really tough task. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we watched them early on in the season, they had an early red card, and we played them at home, which I think made the game more comfortable for us. And I think the away tie, they were a really tough, tough game. They, I think they had our number. So I think all credit to Bromley. I think they got the tactics right. And in all fairness, deserved winners. And you can't take that away from them, can you, Mark? You know, we can criticise Wrexham as much as possible, but there's two games in this, two, two teams in this game. As, as Neil said, their back three were outstanding. I thought Chris yeah. Bush was brilliant. And... Also, I mean, maybe they caught us out a little bit because Cody Whiteley is a player who's played a lot of his career in a front three, but they've converted him to a wing back. And that's every time I've seen him this season or seen about him this season, that's where he's been playing. But he was playing behind the strikers and I thought he was outstanding. The, the way he was finding space between the lines, that was why I think, as Neil said, they were able to play passes, forward passes so accurately because he was really good when we were pushing up the pitch. He was really good at cheating, staying up the pitch, getting between the lines and making himself available so that when our attacks broke, broke down, they could hit early passes along the floor. He'd run onto it and cause problems. And, of course, that's where the goal comes from, isn't it? Where he, he's running in on Dibble and then he's cute enough to play the perfect little ball square to cheek to score. Yeah, that first goal was... Was really good, wasn't it? In all, in all fairness, Michael Cheek, quality striker. Bill, 
what was your thoughts as a fan being in the stands when that first goal went in for them? It's a bit surreal, really. Um, there was almost part of maybe it was because we were in a big stadium, half expecting VAR to show up and uh, and and change something that had happened. I I, I don't know. I, I, it it was very surreal. I thought the whole game was very surreal, and I didn't. The goal went in, and I didn't feel like we'd lost it. But then I almost didn't feel like we were going to score. It was it was quite it was quite strange. Maybe it was the the atmosphere up in the top tier where it wasn't quite as rowdy as down below you know there wasn't as many fans up there but it was just a bit like oh, oh that's not in the script we've all come for a day out to to celebrate our our expectant trophy win and it didn't happen and you know it, these things happen in football and and uh, it's may, maybe a, the first bit of heartbreak for the owners isn't it yeah, yeah. I, think, I think you hit it spot on che they had their tactics really right on i think you know, they've done their homework really well on us and they didn't allow us to play. So, yeah, all credit to Bromley. They, you know, they deserved the win. We didn't create much in the way of scoring and we and many times we didn't even look like scoring. Yeah, the, the, we didn't even look like scoring until the last minute, really, where that we forced a world-class save from their goalkeeper, Mark, and we had an amazing view of it and we were all astonished that he got a hand to that. That was madness, wasn't it? I mean, that really, it was past him and we thought he died and scored. Uh, it was just a magnificent stop. And then we get two more chances within essentially 90 seconds, all falling to Hyde. The, the second one, oh, he just gets his feet tangled up. He's, he's offside. He's definitely offside. But it really doesn't look like the linesman's flagging. He looks like he gives a goal kick. So I think it would have counted. And he just got his legs totally tangled up. It's a bit of a tapping, really. And then the third one, the offside goal, you know, I've seen people complaining about it. It's a correct decision. You know, Hyde's offside again. He's ducked under the ball, which is why the keeper's not been able to hold on to it. And then he scores a rebound, but he's clearly interfering if he's ducking underneath the ball to unsight the goalkeeper. So no complaints about that. The other one, which I didn't really realise was quite so close as I thought at the time, is when I was editing the highlights... Over the line. Was that? Was it over the line? Which one? Oh, no, 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 no. Um, Sorry, the, the one where Jordan Davis came round the, got round the back of the fence and he hit it across the face and no one got on the end of it. At, yeah. at the time, I thought it was just one of those where, you know, a player gets round the back, just hits it in there and no one's at, you know, looks close, no one's actually going to get in there. But when you look at the replay, oh... Palmer is in the perfect position at the near post to just attack the near post and tap it in. And just as Davis is hitting it, Palmer thinks, oh, perfect for the cutback. And he takes a step backwards. And, you know, he had got a lovely position. If Davis had cut it back, Palmer would have scored. But if Palmer had decided to just attack the near post, maybe the more orthodox thing, then I think he would have equalised because Davis's pass was perfect for that. But he just decided play for the cutback and got it. But tossed the coin and got it wrong. If you'd gone the other way, we'd have scored a thing. That's all ifs and buts now, isn't it? True. Unfortunately. Um, but the only thing I'm quite worried about is in our last one, two, was it three, four, five away games, we've only picked up four, uh, a draw and a win, haven't we, against Weymouth and Boreham Wood. Um, away from home, we haven't got our mojo as much as at the moment have we Mark really 
Yeah, and I think that's that's the thing that slightly concerns me. Maybe we'll get onto that as well when we're talking about next Saturday. But yeah, it seems like away from the race course, we've had a, a little bit of a wobble, haven't we? Uh, yeah. Six away games, uh, one win. And even in that game, that was the Weymouth match where, well, right, we won 6 1. <laughs> okay. But at half time, we were losing. And that was the worst performance out of all of them. But 0 0 at Bromley, which you've alluded to, the loss at Woking, which was very frustrating because we didn't really get going. Weymouth got going in the second half. Boreham Woods got going when they went down to 10 men. And then Dagenham and Redbridge, which was horrible, and, and Bromley. So. We do need to remedy that, but of course we've got to get to the final before we can before we can remedy that, can't we? Well, talking about getting to the final after this, we're going to talk about that. Well, the biggest game of the season, that semi-final against Grimsby. I'm Jake Hyde, and this is Dragonheart. Mark. Grimsby at home. It's the well, we say the FA Trophy wasn't season divining uh, match. Well, this one is. Mark, it doesn't get bigger than this, does it? Well, hopefully it will a week later. <laughs> but no, you're right. We, yeah. I mean, I, I'm always a bit, I'm a bit, it's a bit soft to say this, but it always makes me feel slightly edgy when you get these sorts of games where you just can't come back from them. Um, speaking of not being able to come back from them, we don't know where Neil's gone. We just hope he <laughs> and his pigs are okay. But you know, like, it's like, <laughs> if this doesn't go right, the season suddenly just ends. So it's, that, uh, it's, it's the brutality of it, isn't it? That's it. You lose the game, and that's it. It's over. Yeah. It's, it's like I, I don't know. This is a daft comparison in a way, but um, the. <laughs> You know when it's got the the when they had the, the, the um what's it called golden goals, and Portugal lost the European Cup Championship final on golden goals uh, to France. It was a penalty, and the the level of descent was horrific. Abelard Xavier handled the ball on the line, definitely about <laughs> he dived full length. So there's no question it was the right decision. But he went nuts at the ref because he knows that a penalty in the golden goal situation, a penalty, that's over. And it's like, at the time, I was horrified. I remember, he got banned for like about a year uh, for internationals and Sapinto got banned for longer because he went really nuts at the ref. But you can sort of emotionally understand it because that's it. You've nearly got to winning the European Championship and then you know that just that one moment has cost you everything. So I, I get that. It is high jeopardy. I guess that's why people like watching football. It's not so much fun when your team's in it, though. Yeah, I always find like playoffs are, are so much more enjoyable when you're in neutral and you can just watch, you know, like the likes of Huddersfield playing Nottingham Forest or something from the comfort of your own home, knowing you're not having to go through it yourself. There's, it's something a lot more entertaining about it than when you're actually there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I personally thought Notts County were going to win on Monday or Tuesday, was it? I can't quite remember which day it was. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the whole game. I only got to watch a bit of the um, added time. Mark, what was your thoughts on the Grimsby Notts County game? Grimsby deserved it. Grimsby were really good. Much better than I've seen them this year. Uh, they really played well. When Notts County got their penalty quarter an hour from the end, well, I mean, I've got to be honest, 
uh, it was against the runner play, totally against the runner play. And I know that Grimsby had to score in what was it, 96 minutes, and uh, <laughs> from a, a scuffed miss hit by their goalkeeper six yards out as the assist. And also that um, the winner was late and had in extra time, but they deserved it. They played really well. I was impressed with them. The target man is big and strong. Taylor, I want to say Taylor, but I'm going to get mixed up. And then the three behind really rotates well off in McAtee in the middle. And Sosa, and especially Clifton on the left, who's a good player, got a good long-range shot on him and was really testing them. So I, I, was, um, I was impressed with them. I thought they did well. But having said that, um, they, they're, then gonna, they're now going to have to go to the well twice in a week, go to a good team, and try getting away results against them. And that's not easy. You know, you're going to have to dig deep twice. Uh, they'll have recovery time, but emotionally, that's tough. And my big hope for this game is that we talked about the sort of malaise that's come into our away form. But at home, we've been rock solid still. Our last home game was Stockport when we smashed them. And I just hope this will be an opportunity for the team to sort of reset after the frustration of the last couple of games. We have a rocking capacity race course, fantastic atmosphere. We step up. We do what we've consistently done since January at home and put in a big, big performance that doesn't just take us through to the final, but catapults us into the final with momentum. Um, I, I think we're perfectly capable of doing that myself. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I think if we play at our best, I think there's no no team in this league that can beat us. Yeah. But what well, my concern is, if we do play something that resembles the Dagenham game, something that resembles the Bromley game, the way Grimsby played from what I've seen on Monday, we are going to have a really long afternoon Um they're obviously a quality side. They've been a bit up and down themselves this season, haven't they? But yeah, it's really important, I think, Bill, that the Wrexham fans make the race course a fortress once again on Saturday. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We we need to make it uh, unplayable for them, uh, just like we did against Stockport. You know, that level of noise uh, of the, the booing and the whistling, very um, continental-esque. Uh, sort of atmosphere at the start of the Stockport game and then missing chances as well in fairness really rattled them and it, you know, it ended up leading to us beating uh, the deserved champions 3-0 so we've got to go and we've got to do the same thing to Grimsby um, I, I only caught the last sort of quarter of an hour 20 minutes of the oh. of normal time and then a little bit of extra time of the, the Grimsby Notts County game uh, I basically saw just before the penalty uh, so it's a bit difficult for me to judge too much, but I think even after they scored, uh, even after Notts County scored, you know, Grimsby was still quite in control and really should have should have scored a little bit sooner. Um, but there's nothing in that game that makes me... Com- i got to choose my words carefully because, you, you know, it's immortal last words in these sort of situations, isn't it? But there was nothing that absolutely terrified me in that game. Now, you know, any team that gets to the playoffs, you've got to be wary of them. I'm just kind of hoping, like you say, Mark, emotionally to, to to pull something back like that and then have to do another 30 minutes with penalties in the back of your mind, get home from Notts County and have to come to us either early Saturday morning or, or, or late Friday is going to put a little bit of a spanner in their works. Um, we'll see. I, I think I think there's, there's always one team 
in the playoff mix that that surprises everybody, and hopefully it's not Grimsby. Because I got a feeling it might be Chesterfield. We'll come on to that a little bit later, but hopefully it's not Grimsby because they've got the capability. It's just whether we can. I just don't think there's any. I mean, as proven by the fact that we beat Stockport 3-0 and beat them 2-0 in the trophy, there's nobody in this league who can beat us on our day. We've just got to make sure we show up. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And, and I, I, I think we will turn up. I think, like I said, I think going back to the race scores, I think it's really what the team need now. They've, they've had a little bit of a shaky time of it. Get back to the race course, comfortable surroundings, amazing support. I think this is what we need. Just get back to what we do, and give them a bit of a give them a bit of a thumping. What do you reckon, Neil? Are we gonna? I, I I agree with you both. To be honest, I you know we've been absolutely fantastic at home in the last you know ten games. Maybe I mean it used to be the way, other way around where we were playing really well away and winning games and struggling at home, but the roles seem to be reversed. Aren't I don't think we've got anything to be worried about or scared about with, with Grimsby as long as we play our normal game and you know the fans get behind the team. Um, we showed we can do it against Stock, Stockport. I'm going to say we've done that twice. We did it against Boreham Wood, who hadn't conceded many goals before they came to us in the FA Trophy and then the league. Yeah. Um, so we are very capable of, of putting in good, good results on Saturday and I'm, I'm sure we will do it. Um, as Bill said, I mean, the span of the work, I think, Chesterfield, they've come, they were the underdogs of underdogs, you know, and they could surprise Solly Hull, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident about Saturday, as long as he picks his strongest team. And that may be revert back to who he's been playing, you know, with Tyler French and Hall Johnson. Um, but with the home crowd there, and if they can make as much noise as they did against Stockport, because there's always a great atmosphere when there's a good way following there as well. Um, I'm sure the ground will be bouncing again. You know what I was like at the Stockport game. I was singing along as well. So <laughs> hopefully it'll be the same come Saturday. Let's get you singing again, Neil. Yep. Yeah. We need the singing commentator Definitely. for big games. <laughs> we, um, we also, of course, uh, we heard Phil Parkinson talking about how he's hoping a couple of more players will be fit by Saturday. He said it after the trophy final. So, you know what Hayden? I'm going to say? And I feel a bit bad that I keep saying it, but Hayden, please. Please. I'd please. like Rosanna as well, if I'm honest. But uh... Please. I, I, I'm not dissing Tyler French or Tom O'Connor, who can play excellent in those positions, but we have not looked the same without Aaron Hayden, I must say. I, I think he's our best player. Um, we'll get we'll I'll talk more about that later when we talk about our, our, uh, the awards. But yeah, I think we, if we have a fit Aaron Hayden for this game, but I would I'd rather if he's not hundred percent, I'd rather not play him. Yeah, just because if he gets injured again, it could be worse. But yeah, hundred percent fit Aaron Hayden, Bill. That would be a massive boost to us. Oh, without a doubt, he's the best player in in the league in that position. I think. Um, I, I, he's and we've really missed him. You know, we sort of talk a lot about his aerial threat, but we miss him in attack and defence. And um, we are just infinitely a better side with him in the squad. Absolutely, I think even it. I wouldn't want to risk him if he was unfit, but I think you know, there's if we beat Grimsby, there's an eight day gap 
throw him in if he's ready. Even if he can only play 60 minutes, get him in there. Just get him playing. Why not? Come on, Aaron. Let's get Aaron Aiden back. That it's like, it's like getting the band back together, isn't it? But guys, we, we actually beat Stockport with the team with, with French at the back. So true, true, very true. You know, so on our day we could beat anybody, no matter who we got in defence. But you just got to play all the players in the right positions on the pitch. Mm. Um, and I think we'll win on Saturday comfortably. Old call. I, I hope. So. I honestly, I think we'll win too. I think if we play the to our best ability. Hopefully, the last two losses haven't hit them too hard. I believe this squad, the side, the personnel we've got, the management team, every, everyone and everything to do with this club have got a resilience to bounce back from Sunday. But yeah, I really believe we can win too, but we have a really tough, tough test against Grimsby. And I hope everyone's there. Hope everyone's enjoying it. And if not, listen to us on the radio um, after this, Mark. And Neil and Bill, we're going to be talking about the Player of the Season Awards. I'm Dan Jarvis, and this is Dragonheart. Well, the awards, no, there was an Erexum Awards evening the other night, which was really cool. I watched it on the stream. Well, I watched most of it on the stream. Yeah, I don't think there was many surprises, was there, Bill? No, not really. Um, everyone involved thoroughly deserved all the awards that they got. Um, it's nice to see Jordan Davis get player's player. I think that as much as he obviously gets a lot of praise, his contribution goes under the radar. And for a midfielder to score as many as he has for Wrexham uh, at any point in our uh, history is, is an absolute achievement and fair play to him. He thoroughly deserves that award. And then obviously Paul Mullin, what, what a superstar. Uh, yeah. And the women, and you know, it's nice to see a bit more exposure for the women's team and having them on equal footing as the men's, wasn't it, Mark? Absolutely. I mean, let's run through those those uh, trophy winners because there were nine. So, uh, firstly, first two, no big surprise. Men's top scorer, Paul Mullen. Women's top scorer, Rosie Hughes. Was it 48 she got? Uh, the Incredible. men's players player of the season was Jordan Davis, as you said. The women's players player of the season was TJ Dickens. The goal of the season, which was, of course, voted for on Twitter, was Paul Mullins' epic against Stockport County. Then the Women's Young Player of the Year was Amber Lightfoot. The Women's Player of the Year was Rosie Hughes. The Men's Young Player of the Year was Max Cleworth. And the Men's Player of the Season was Paul Mullin. Uh, I, I mean, I, you can't argue with Mullin, for example, being Player of the Season. He's been sensational and has won us a lot of matches. And to be honest... Clueth as well is a pretty obvious choice. Uh, although we've got players like Bryce Susanna who are eligible and have done brilliantly. But I mean, Clueth has really stepped up and looks magnificent, doesn't he? Yeah, Clueth's been brilliant. It's been nice to see all these um, seasoned players trying to target him, looking at him as the weak, uh, weak link in our defence. It's simply not true. He's not, he's not the weak link at all. He's rose above pretty much all adversity. I've never really seen him have a, have a terrible game this season. He's been a credit to himself. He's been a credit to the club. Um, yeah, one hell of a player. Uh, I don't think anyone here will d- 
disagree or have any other opinions on who the young player of the season was. And who called it first, Jay? You said in pre-season when we were talking about players, and I said I'd like to see us loan him out to another team in our league to develop, and you said if he's good enough for our league, don't loan him out, play him. How right you were. Yes, I can be very smug about that. Um, <laughs> it's it's on record. I had a lot of faith in Max Cluworth because we were fortunate to watch him in uh, the preseason friendlies, weren't we, Mark? And we against Fleetwood and um, Tamworth. He was spectacular, Tamworth. wasn't he? Yeah, and from that we thought, yeah, that's we both said at the time. There's some player there, and yeah, he's been. Incredible, isn't he, Neil? Yeah, I mean, for me, he's been not just only the young player. I think he's been, for where, how he's developed this season, he's been like the, the player of the season. Although I didn't vote for him, so but he's been a fantastic player. He's been solid. As you said, He's he, I haven't seen him play a bad game, you know. Yes, all players make mistakes, but he's made very, very few, and he's always been very solid. And what I like about the lad as well, he's very attacking as well. Mm. Um, and the runs he makes up the wing is, you know, valuable to the rest of the team, and uh, and he can get back. So yeah, he's been an absolute great, great player for the team this season. Uh, yeah, he certainly hundred percent, Neil. Um, also, player of the season, it, it, it had to be him, didn't it? It, it had to be Paul Mullen. Um, I personally didn't vote for Paul Mullen. I voted for someone else, but Bill. Paul Mullin, it's hard to really argue with that, isn't it? Hang, hang on a second, you can't leave us hanging there. Who did you vote for? <laughs> uh, I, vote, I, I voted for Aaron Hayden. Fair play. Uh, I think Aaron Hayden's been just as instrumental as Paul Mullin, in my I personal opinion. I didn't vote for him. Who did you vote for? Neil didn't vote. Neil, who did you vote for? I voted for Luke Young. Um, First yeah. full season as captain, and the lad he gives every game he gives a hundred percent from yeah. tacking to get back and and being a defensive player. He he runs his socks off. Yes, he hasn't scored a goal, and I wish he had scored a goal. Hopefully, he'll score one on Saturday this season. But I think he's been a, an outstanding player um, and an ambassador for the club and for the team. Um, a great choice. My only downside was Mullin with his two sending offs, and that's why I didn't vote for him because there were there were silly sendings off, and it could have cost us, you know, the title to the the league. Yeah, I I I voted for those Norwegian lads with the wolf heads on. I think I got <laughs> mixed up with Eurovision. <laughs> uh, you're used to Eurovision yourself, aren't you, Mark? So, oh, uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you two vote for, Bill and Mark? We'll go, Bill, you go first. I, I voted for Paul Mullin because I just, uh, on balance, I, you can you can have players in other positions doing as well as they have done this season. And I think you could name five or six, maybe even seven players in this squad who any other year would have won player of the season in any other Wrexham team in the conference era. But just to, he, he, the amount of goals he scored. Do, do you know what? I, I've got a bit of an insight into my in, incredibly negative brain. We've, got, we've had a few of them on Dragon Art, but I'll give you another one right. I found it difficult to, in the footballing sense, fall in love with Paul Mullin because I have an automatic reaction that any player who does well for Wrexham is going to disappear off the face of the earth. It's only really recently that I've, I've been able to let myself sort of really appreciate how, how good he actually is. Um, 
astounding striker, shouldn't be playing at our level, but hopefully won't be next season with us in League Two. So, yeah, let's think, keep, let's hope he can bag another couple over the next couple of weeks, Mark. Oh, yeah, another five would do for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just five. I, just, I'm talking about the first half against Grimsby. I'm, I'm sure you oh, okay, realize. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I vote for Mullen for the simple reason that the last person to score more goals than him in the Wrexham season did it in 2003. So, you know, he's done rather well. And it was, uh, you know, when you look at the last few years where we've not, you know, apart from Luke Young, we've not been able to get players into double figures in the last three seasons. Uh, mm. It was rather nice to see a bloke you just rely upon to score goals, quite apart from the fact that Palmer and Davis chipped in as well, and Hayden and Jones. Yeah. But, oh, you know, I mean, the guys won games for us. I mean, look at our Stockport game. Just that on its own. I mean, the bloke's a match winner. Uh, I, I just, I just couldn't. I, I, I love Hayden. I think he's, and I think he's been outstanding. I think Toza has been excellent as well. I could go through the team uh, and name all sorts of players. Young, yeah, Davis, Jones has done really well. Palmer's had a huge impact. Um, but ultimately, yeah, I, I just, I had to vote for Volan. Really, I mean, he's just been brilliant. Brilliant. Well, I'm gonna introduce our own Dragon Heart category for an award. Unsung Hero of the Year. Ooh. Neil, oh, you can you can go first. Ah, yeah, Neil. Yeah, Thanks. don't worry. We've not been warned either. <laughs> Unsung. Are we talking about player or somebody involved in the club or player or someone? Any anything you want to? Well, I would put it down to Colin Henry's. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's come in. You know, he had to take over the role this season. In the media season, um, was it? Was it last season? Was it, sorry? Mm-hmm. Was it this season? Or did he take over this? Uh, full last season? season he did as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, part of last season. So, he, you know, he's he's taken in his stride. Um, clubs, you know, the club has grown and grown and grown, and he's had to run with that. Uh, he has no airs and graces about it. He's very calm about what he does, and I think he's done a great job within the club and the media team. That's brilliant. Really cool. Yeah, I like that. Oh, I don't know as much about what goes on in the background, really. I'm I'm a bit of a match day sort of in and out person, so I'll go with a player. Um, I think Ben Tozer is kind of the unsung hero mm. of the team. We've we've heard a lot about Clueth. We hear a lot about Hayden from from myself, ourselves, even uh, Jones and Davis and Young get their shout outs, but Tozer's been. Mr. Consistent this year, isn't he? You know, he's had, uh, every player's had the bad game, but he's he's a seven out of ten almost every single week without fail. And I think I think almost the fact that he doesn't get talked about so much is because he just does his job. Yeah. And uh, his his assists as well from throw-ins, it's a skill that you that it's kind of a bit of a novelty and a gimmick, but it shouldn't be overlooked. It's a lot of goals we've scored this year from from him and match-winning goals in, in against Stockport. You know that throw-in. To absolutely turn the tide of the way the the atmosphere of the game was going, and he, he ends up go, going to win the well, you know, we end up going to win the match. So, yeah, Ben Toza for me. Yeah, Mark, um, Ryan Rand, no, actually, that's not right. that's not Alan <laughs> Sung, is he really? Um, all right, then, how about Paul Challoner, the groundsman? He's yeah, he's worked at the club for years, uh, with a pitiable budget. 
And he's always done an excellent job. And this year, he's actually better had some money behind him to try and make sure that he can, you know, he can do his job properly. And he has produced week in, week out, even when we've had seven games in a row, uh, an outstanding playing surface. And that's how, that's crucial for us because we have the best players in the division. And therefore, if they don't have the right pitch, they're going to struggle. So I think the way that he's consistently come up with the goods and has given the players the canvas in which they can create uh, means uh, Charlie's done ever so well. Ever so well. He deserves uh, recognition because, like I said, he's worked for a long time with little or no fundings. You know, I've seen when this, this is, he's had to go to the Supporters Association to say, can you give me some money to buy this piece of equipment because we need it and we're not going to be able to get it. So it's good to see him being given the tools of his trade. Brilliant. Yeah, that's a uh... Amazing. Um, I'm going to go with stewards and kiosk staff mm. uh, because not only have they had to deal with a, a, a vast increase of attendances, you know, it's come from three to four thousand a week to now eight to nine thousand. The demand, the pressures, you know, people waiting for their pints. I've seen it firsthand in Rex Rent. It's like a jungle down there at half time, you know. <laughs> so, I'd, and I'd like to say, huge credit to them for keeping uh, keeping match days as smooth as possible because without them you know games wouldn't be allowed to be held so yeah big ups to them I'm all up for renaming underneath the Rex Friend stand the concrete jungle Che what do you reckon yeah <laughs> it's like that it is like that and <laughs> you know the pressure they're under serving those Rex pints of Rex and Lager uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want their job I tell you now <laughs> it's uh, sweatier down there than Richard Hope's jockstrap. Oh, <laughs> I just threw that in <laughs> as another alternative title, apart from Sausages of the Future. How do you know it's that worse than this jockstrap, Mark? Um, because <laughs> I I used to employ a group of little Cockney kids to steal stuff from the changing rooms while while the games go on. I have the perfect alibi because I can prove I'm commentating. Because <laughs> in those days, up to four people would be listening live. Wow. Wow. Got a picket drop strap or two, as the song goes. Oh, well. <laughs> After that bombshell. <laughs> can I change my nomination slightly, please? Go on, then. Can I also add the rest of the media team to that as well? Because we all majority of us all volunteer for it. We give up our own time to travel to wherever we need to do to do what we need to do, just to put you know Wrexham on the map and to broadcast and take pictures for people all over the world to see. Brilliant. Oh. Well, I agree, Neil. We are brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Modesty <laughs> strikes again. <laughs> we love you, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Well, after this, we're going to wrap up the show. Go. Well, fellas, it's been a really fun podcast to record this one. Thanks to Neil, especially, for making his Dragonheart debut so late on in the season. But I think you're going to be that good luck charm to for that victory on Saturday. Yeah, it'll be well. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get the win we need on Saturday. The team will be up for it and the fans will definitely be up for it. Hundred percent, Bill. Hope you enjoy the game from the Rex Rent. 
Um, the concrete jungle. The concrete jungle. I hope she it's nice and round. Out. Exactly. Hope it's <laughs> nice and roundy. Mark, I'm sure to see you on Saturday. Uh, on Saturday, we're going to be talking about some Spanish second division side before the game or whatever. Um, uh, good, good to see uh, uh, that A Bar are doing so well. Good stuff. <laughs> I can't wait. Anyway, shout out to the Mandy Thalotha, of course. I've no clue what I'm talking about anymore, but well, you know. Well, exactly. Well, guys, thanks so much for this podcast. It's been a, it's been, a, it's been a really good one, and hopefully, if we win, we we can all meet up for a pint on Saturday. This uh, has been. Dragon it out.